When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to mosh right now. That's how good that was. And I don't have any people here. I'm just going to mosh with my dog. I'm just going to like bump into my dog, Lacey. I think Lacey could take it. She's a so. uh, rough dog. She could take it. She she's fights rough. a lot. Ah! Rough. Rough. Get it? Rough. <laughs> Anthony always appreciates my horrible puns. And that's, that's why you're in my life. Because you, you get a good pun. If you don't, oh, if you don't appreciate puns, you do. You got, you got some good puns doing your standup. That's why, that's why you know I kind of took you under my wing. You like you were doing a show and you had these hilarious puns, and I was like, ah, you know, I appreciate a good pun. Ah, what did I? How's it going, man? What's uh, what's the Anthony Capper life like? Are you just crushing it, oh, doing music, yeah. just killing yeah. it. I just quit. I just quit a band. Uh, okay. I was playing drums for a band, and then I quit. So now I'm going solo. <laughs> so, uh, that's perfect for the theme today. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. I just, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I, I, uh, I was playing playing with this band, and and uh, me and the uh, bass player. Now we're gonna do our own our own thing. He's gonna play. He's gonna play uh, for my my solo project. <laughs> Dude, first of all, it's like that's how Twenty One Pilots got started. It was like they uh, they were a four piece band, yeah. And then two guys like didn't like whether they were going musically or whatever was happening in the band, and then they just did it th- by themselves, just the two of them, and they're gigantic. So yeah, it's like I'm know, hoping it's, that'll be yeah. us. You know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Uh... <laughs> I'll have to dye the mustache. I don't know if I could keep it gray and still be famous, but. Uh... What are you talking about? You don't think so? Look at Kenny Rogers. He didn't get famous until he had a great beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at Michael McDonald. <laughs> Look at George Carlin. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's, now I'm definitely going to dye my beard. If that's what you think, really, I can't get famous with a great beard? God, no, are we I mean, dead? Like a, in a band, I'm saying. You can be in a band and be great. Nobody cares. I, was, I don't know. It's just weird because I was thinking about, like, you know, like, um, in the late mid to late nineties when REM was still putting out stuff, they were like in their mid to late thirties and everybody was like talking about how they were pretty much done. Even though mm-hmm. I thought they did some great stuff, but it's just it's interesting that you get to be in your mid to late thirties and everyone's like, All right, but can you still rock? Can you still be in a rock band? I feel like I'm writing the best stuff I've ever written, but I guess a lot of people lose it, you know? I don't agree with that at all. Um I think uh, well, their later stuff is fantastic. Yeah, End of the I world. Love... End of the world. Come on, that's their later stuff, right? That was Who on doesn't like that document. Song? That was document. That was in the eighties. They did Monster in the nineties, like ninety four. Like what's the frequency, Kenneth, and uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of reggae sometimes. Like Burning Spear is one of my favorite reggae artists. And that guy's like a hundred. So you know, yeah. that's the thing with like with blues musicians, jazz, oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. As you get older, yeah. 
it, you get better. But with rock and roll, it's like you got to be 22. Otherwise, I don't believe that. That's not true. The Stones' early stuff is anywhere close to their later stuff. It's like, you know, way better when they got older. They're, right. When they're in their 40s, 50s. Yeah, that was their best. Th- yeah, Start Me Up. Yeah. Start yeah. Me Up's a great tune. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, you have to agree with me or I'm just going to hang myself because I'm, I'm too old to be doing art. It's like... Yeah, I don't know. We'll bring in our next or uh, we'll bring in our co-host and see what he thinks. Let's see um, what he thinks. But I don't know. I think uh, I think it's a tough call because I think you know. Obviously, it is weird though that like a blues guy would be more respected, you know, as the, as he gets older. Yeah. But uh, but I, you know, what about punk? You think that's a young man's game? Oh yeah, punk even more than any other kind of rock and roll. I think. Really? Because I think dancing did some interesting things. Like the older he got. You know, I thought Henry Rollins did interesting stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, but, but then now he doesn't, he doesn't play music anymore. He aged out of it. I think he just has a successful acting career. That's true. And he's, he's doing his spoken word tours and all that. Yeah. I don't think he just, I don't think aged out is the way to phrase it. I think he just, he's gone on to other things. Yeah, you know? okay, maybe that. I I saw him live. Uh, I mean, I guess it was probably twenty years ago at this point. But I saw him at yeah. one of the Warp tours, the Rollins band. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool yeah. to see him. He still had it then. He... he was a little older, middle aged, I guess. You know, what is he now? Sixty? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. You're brutal, though. You're brutal. This is what um, I think of. You do whatever you want, man. You, if you want to be punk rock at 60, be punk rock at 60. Don't listen to this guy. You don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in our other co-host. Very funny, very informative, the Kurt Loader of the show, Mr. Adam Holtz, everybody. Hey. What do you think, Adam? What do you think, Adam? Can people still produce good music in their later days? I think so. I think so. I mean, look at uh, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's still producing pretty good music. Right. right yeah, Anthony. All right. You're right. Bob and Dylan. Also Radiohead. Yeah. Right. I mean, look at, look at uh, uh, Tom York and Johnny Greenwood with the smile. <laughs> don't get but, uh, Adam started on Radiohead. But there's also somebody else that uh, <laughs> there's also somebody else that uh, uh, me and Anthony have been talking about recently. Uh, LCD Sound System, James Murphy. I mean, he oh, really man. didn't start LCD until he was in his 30s. And I mean, look, he's still, you know, he's in his late 40s, early 50s now. I think maybe early 50s. He's still producing some of the best music he's done right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And he's been gray for most of it. Yeah. <laughs> gray beard. Dying it this week. Um, <laughs> going back. Going back. I can't take it. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thing because I feel like Johnny Cash, some of his best music, oh, yeah. you know, I'm wearing this sh- was that later stuff with Rick Rubin, you know? So yeah. it was like, they had four albums. Those last four albums of American Recordings are phenomenal. And I like a lot of the early stuff. It's kind of rockabilly and fun, and it's it's taken a turn in country that nobody had ever taken before. But it's that later stuff is soulful. And, you know, I don't know. I just say his voice is not, it's not a springy Johnny Cash voice, but it's kind of more of a growl of a man who's lived a life. But I like that. I think uh, I want an artist that's lived, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's good stuff. I don't know. So... I don't. I don't agree with you, Anthony, because uh, we're all getting older, and I hope to God we all produce art as we get older. So, <laughs> I hope so. What? What are you going to tap out? What do you got? Two years left? You got yeah, <laughs> no. You got to get it. Got to get it all out. What are you? Thirty-eight. You got to get it all out. Yeah. Now I, there's no, <laughs> yeah. I can't do anything else. So I'm hoping that uh, it's not too late to still be uh, making art. Well, here well, I, I got I something. Yeah, please. Oh, I, I got. I actually got a meme that that fits this right here. It's going to be. There we go. Life of an artist. You start out as a gifted kid, burned out okay. disappointment, and then uh, an old weirdo with a home studio. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's what I got. Look at. Look at. Check out my home. Oh. Did you as a did you you as a magician? This there we go. Home, <laughs> got a home studio. Oh man. <laughs> 
Yeah, you, exactly, Anthony. You've aged out, not us. You have. Uh, you've you've yeah. gotten it. You're the you're the cliche. I just right. have a corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's an interesting topic. It's an interesting topic because I feel like, you know, I don't know. It's like when you've lived a life, it's like sometimes you you bring more to the table. I think. And as a comedian, it's like you know, I feel like you know, all my friends who are successful got more interesting in their forties, you know? And it's like, you know, I feel like that that's when they got their stride and stuff. Chappelle, Chappelle's got to be 40 at this point. It's like, you know, all those guys say, I don't know. They get a little more interesting. George Carlin, his stuff, we were talking about that, but I mean, I saw his last three specials and they were all phenomenal. And it was later, later years, you know? So, and his early stuff is it's kind of corny. It's like hippie, yeah. hippie weatherman. And yeah, it's like wind. silly. Yeah. It's silly stuff. My so. favorite Carlin stuff is like from the nineties on. Yeah. And he's it's right up until well, the end. that last, the last special is one of, one of the best. Yeah. I just he's late. This. He's late sixties, seventies. Yeah. It's like, you yeah. know, about, so, you know, just looking out for the old guys. I think yeah. That's what you got to do. Look out for the old guys. All right. So, uh, speaking of old guys, here's my random pool. Neil Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got to be 90. How old is he? 80? 70? Something? I don't know. Uh, Neil. Yeah, he's alive, dude. He's oh. out there pumping out music. He's oh. got he's got more more dates than all of us put together. <laughs> um, is he still alive? Get out of here. Uh, Adam, is he still alive? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to see. He's 81 years old. <laughs> 81. Do you have any dates? I hope he has some dates. Let's hope to God he has some tour dates. Is he any tour dates? Let's see. This is, is this is a great album. Which one? What's uh, tour? Let's see. What's on that one. Touching oh, no you. No tour dates. Touching me. Okay, he's got to be at a nursing home or something. Touching you. Oh. Touching me. Sweet Caroline. Is that the same song? Um, I think that is. <laughs> I was reading that he wrote that song like time. about a photo of a of like a kid. <laughs> Is that true? No, stop, stop tarnishing the the Jewish Elvis, <laughs> Neil Diamond. Stop it. He's an upstanding man. He did not touch children. See how rumors get started? You're gonna cancel him, and he's eighty. He's gonna, <laughs> you're gonna cancel Neil Diamond at eighty years old. Ah, that's what I read. I don't know. You can't read. Okay, um, oh, you're right. It was a picture book. <laughs> pop-up book. It was a yeah, it Neil was a Diamond book. pop-up book. Uh, anyway, just thought I would pull this. Kind of fun. Uh, I like kitschy stuff, you know. So, you're, you know, this is definitely one of those dollar bins, you know. Dollar ninety nine. I think I got this one. So, uh, yeah, just pulled it. Whatever. You got anything, Ant? 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 Yeah, I got this. What do you uh, got? John, uh, John oh, Train. Way to train. trump me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my one of my favorite uh, jazz albums, uh, and also uh, I I picked it specifically for uh, today's show. Uh, but because uh, you went, you went solo. Oh no! Just because of the album cover, which I'll I'll talk about later. But uh, oh. Uh, but yeah, I, I I love some some Coltrane. Um, yeah, um, I was watching. Time. You know, I needed I need to know names here before I start trying to talk about conversations. But uh, maybe Adam knows. Adam, who's the trumpet player? He's a current trumpet player now. He uh, he, he's like very famous. Um, was it New Orleans? New Orleans. Uh trumpet player yeah but he's like a he's like a carnegie hall guy um uh all right we have to all right uh, he's alive and he's playing the current trumpet player the kermit ruffins no hold on Uh, hold on we can we can do all this does he (laughs) want to Not alive. Okay. Not alive. I can't He's think alive. of that many. Yeah. Ah, uh, shit. All right, forget it. Anyway, 
Uh, Smack Chris Bodie. It's a black dude. Oh, Winston, Winston, Winton Marcellus. You know that guy, right? Winton Marcellus. I've heard the name. I think. Okay, he's he's like the guy. He's a trumpet player. He's like won like a like a you know Nobel Peace Prize for his freaking trumpet playing. That's how good he is. Wow, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. This guy. I don't know if that's what he won, but it's something like that. (laughs) He won a Pulitzer. I don't know, but he won something (laughs) that wasn't music. But it was because he's such a good trumpet player. But he was talk- He was on um, Bill Maher's show, and he was uh, uh, real time or whatever. And he was talking about heroin, hmm. and uh, you know how a lot of these guys, and you know Bill Maher was basically debating him, where it was just like you know, obviously marijuana and and heroin and all these things kind of you know made these artists better or. And more inspired or whatnot. And he disagreed with it totally. He was just like, he goes, I would love to have seen somebody like Coltrane not on drugs. I would love yeah. to have seen somebody. Because mm-hmm. there were so many of these guys that like, because always there was always that rumor, you know, because people say shit like you're too old to do art or, you, yeah. you know, you, you can't be, you can't do drugs and you, know, you can't be sober and do art or whatever. People always say stuff and it's like, you know, I think it goes against, you know, what could probably be without, you know, it's like you don't have to be high to do good stuff. And, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting thing. But then you listen to grunge music and you're like, oh, okay, heroin definitely helps. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because I was just watching the Coltrane documentary mm. and they, you know, he was, he was, I forget which band it was. I don't think it was the Miles Davis band, but there was a band that he got fired from. Maybe it was Dizzy Gillespie. Um, Maybe, yeah. It was him and some other guy. They got caught doing heroin and they got fired from the band. And it's like, you know, it, it it was it held him back in a way, but then he was able to kind of find his path once he was like, like because he was, he, I think the other guy got fired and they gave him another chance, and then he got fired a couple months later for heroin again, and then yeah. he was like on this path towards like you know doing all this, all this stuff that we know about now. Yeah. So it's kind of complicated because it's a, it's like yeah he was getting fired and whatever, but he was still finding his way. And uh, who knows where he would have been without the drugs. Would, uh, maybe he would have been better. Maybe he wouldn't. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. But, uh, I don't know. It, it's interesting art that art, art is always, um, you know, we still, we idolize people that um, do drugs, you know, that are artists. But it's like we don't idolize other people that do drugs that are like, politicians or you know school teachers you know it's like yeah. there's people like if you're an artist and you do drugs you're like ah this guy's the best but if you're an artist and you know you do drugs and you know you just do something that's not in the arts then it's like you know just a weird it's a weird thing to fall into we'll make a statue out of you if you play guitar but uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're a bartender and you do it doesn't help you make the drinks nobody cares about the bartender who's high Right. <laughs> the horrible tag. All right. So, <laughs> the everybody knows bartenders have the drugs. Come on, Anthony. Yeah, uh, but not here. We... Well, maybe they do. Go to Seattle. That's accountant. Where you get it. Let's try it again with accountant. Right. <laughs> no, I'm not giving Registered it to you. Nurse. <laughs> Doctor. Operator. Huh? What? Are... Doctor. You know how many <laughs> doctors are on? You know how many doctors on cocaine just because they got to stay awake? <laughs> There's quite a few, actually. Everybody pilots? on drugs all the time. Pilots. Pilots? Ooh. Yeah, pilots. All right. There's another random pool. This is crazy. I was watching the ZZ Top documentary last night. <laughs> I was watching it last night. You're watching a lot of documentaries. <laughs> Who's Pasco- Who's password did you have? All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> And then he's getting in it. Uh, yeah, th- I love this album. Uh, this is such a, you know, this is definitely brings me back as a kid as well. Uh, this is, you know, this is when ZZ Top has always been this amazing blues, Dallas blues band. 
And, uh, you know, the, I love the early uh, ZZ Top stuff. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely a little bit better, I guess, like far as like kind of like the way we were talking last week about the ACDC album, where it's like, you know, more jammy and stuff like that. And it's like, and then I think ZZ Top said, look, uh, you know, we want a co- some commercial success. And so they found a way to do it with this particular album. And MTV was on the rise and everybody was watching music videos. And, you know, these these big just dudes with long beards and bluesy looking dudes, not MTV looking guys for sure. But they found a way through this album, uh, you know, really good songs. You know, there's some great songs on here. Uh, you know, Give Me All Your Love and it's one of my favorites. Uh, you know, Legs, Sharp Dressed Man, you know, it's oh, like yeah. just solid, solid songs. Uh, you know, Thug is great. I got the six, all really good songs. And they made this album really tight, commercial. And the videos are great. They got these hot chicks getting out of this car, you know, and just like, you know, make them kind of funny and kind of more commercial yeah. to the younger people. But the music itself is just fantastic. And uh, it's, you know, really good stuff. It's three guys making a whole lot of noise. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Dusty Hill, I think, died last year, I think. Last yeah. year. But uh, Billy Gibbons uh, is the man. His solo work is, is great as well. But anyway, there's ZZ Top, and uh, yeah, that's it. All right, everybody, are you ready for the show? I'm ready. I'm Very ready. Excited. Are you ready? How ready yes. are you? Uh, eleven. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Adam? What are you at? About a six? <laughs> no, I, th- I think uh, I think an eight. I'm, I'm at eight. eight. Yeah. <laughs> Solid eight. Solid eight. <laughs> uh, I'm about a two. You guys are gonna have to carry me. All right. So <laughs> once in a while, you know, you you have a you have a band, and the band finds rhythm with each other, not only with the music but with uh, relationships, and they gel and they create great music throughout the years, and they uh, have several albums where they play together and they tour the world and. You know, they're a band and they, you know, everybody knows them as the band. And then once in a while, people say, hey, I would like to branch off from this band and do something that's more my speed and more my style of music and something I want to say, you know, without these guys holding me back or without these guys. Maybe there is a good relationship. Sometimes people go off and do solo work and it's a good relationship. And sometimes they're like, fuck this guy. I hate my brother. I'm going to do my own thing or whatever the case may be. So today's uh, theme is uh, artists going solo. And uh, and I think I understand it because as a comedian, that's the best part is that I don't have to rely on a drummer that hates my guts. You know what I mean? Like I can just tell jokes without anybody, you know, involved. And so I think I understand the intrigue of wanting to go solo. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what we're doing today. We're going to the solo bands and solo music, solo artists, I guess. And Anthony, so what do you got for us today with your solo artist? All right, so I picked Scott Weiland, 12 Bar Blues, which was his first solo album. Um, He was still in Stone Temple Pilots at the time. This came out, um, I believe it was 97. Uh, But uh, it was um, after Tiny Music, Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop. It was during like a... You know, he, Scott Weiland was being arrested for, for drugs like uh, every couple of weeks, it seems like. He, it was getting in the way of Stone Temple Pilots. They, I, I think they maybe canceled some, some tour dates. And I know that Scott Weiland was like in jail or rehab or both during like some of the... Like he, he wasn't... They, they couldn't make proper music videos for some of the songs on, on Tiny Music. And this was around the time that he started working on his solo album, which was much more experimental. There's some kind of, uh, there's like industrial stuff. He's doing like bossa nova kind of music. He's doing, a, there's a waltz on there, um, <laughs> which is interesting. And the, the, that song is, um, was it? Lady, Your Roof Brings Me Down, which is, a, it's like a waltz. And it has uh, Cheryl Crow playing accordion on there. <laughs> Um, the big single was, uh, Barbarella, which is kind of like a Bowie, David Bowie kind of, kind of thing. Uh, but I, I remember when this album came out, I loved it right away. I saw him 
live when he was touring on this on this album and uh you know it was kind of like part of why i wanted to see him i i loved the album but i i wasn't sure that he was going to be alive too much longer so uh i, mm. I saw him and i was like man it's great i'm glad i'm getting to see him live uh because he's uh seems like he's in trouble you know i don't know if, mm. and and he was and he did eventually die from from drugs which is you know sad i didn't want to see him go out like that but i but he lasted longer than i, I thought he would based on what was going on at this time and uh, what's <clears throat> there's one song on the album i think it's called the date which uh scott wyman plays all the instruments on it and it's i mean it's the sloppiest song because he's not a drummer and there's some drums on there but uh he's like uh it's probably the most emotion and passion in any of the songs on this album i think it was about his wife uh leaving him and mm -hmm. so uh and then there's a song at the, about his son on there you know, a, a young a young son so anyway and then the the album cover is uh, uh homage to this uh coltrane album that i that i picked so it's like pretty much the same kind of uses the same font and it's mm -hmm. uh, blue tinted uh, photo except it's Scott Weiland's face and not Coltrane's face, but uh, mm -hmm. but he used like this as a template. So that's what that was what I picked. I it's a experimental solo album from Scott Weiland of Stone Temple Pilots fame. So you thought that he was in trouble? Maybe you should have reached out. <laughs> should have. I'm just saying, when people are yeah. in trouble, you should reach out. <laughs> I tried. I sent them a fax. Did you? It was, the, it was the 90s, so I faxed him. But, uh, didn't hear, I didn't hear him still waiting. We got a fax. Oh, fax machine. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I feel like what happens in the drug culture of, of art is, uh, you know, a lot. Because I remember when I, was, when I was on drugs and stuff, I would always, like, you know, reference people that were doing great art that were on drugs. And so I feel like, you know, I'd be like, you know, Sam Kennison did a lot of drugs and, you know, certain people like, you know, I would just like associate myself, Doug Stanhope would be drinking and like, I would be like, yeah, these guys are doing great art, but they're drunk. And so it's interesting that he did a homage to Coltrane, who's on heroin. Yeah. And so I feel like it's this, it's this cycle of things where you're just like, oh, well, that guy, I mean, he's the greatest. And he's like, so it's interesting how when you're, you're hurting and you're addic addicted, you you're drawn to these guys that, you know, they kind of give you an excuse, you know, you're just like, Oh, well, I mean, you know, yeah. you want to be a great artist, you know? So it's, it feeds it. But, um, but yeah, this is it. This is an album that makes you go, well, he needed the band. Uh, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I mean, he, yes. well, let me finish. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, have, I'll, I'll that <laughs> I feel like, um, you know, I appreciate what he's doing. I appreciate, uh, you know, that he's being experimental, if you will. And he's, he's, he's really kind of, you know, and it has some, it's definitely a personal piece. Like you said, he's definitely doing some more kind of more heartfelt things because, you know, it, it is, but his wife and things like that. So I appreciate that. And I do appreciate he has the best voice in rock and roll. I mean, it's top yeah. five in my opinion. And uh, it's, it's such a, a perfect voice for it. His addiction almost makes you angry that we can't hear a new uh, Scott Weiland song, even mm -hmm. though Anthony doesn't believe old people should make art. I still <laughs> feel I would love to hear him do something, you know, in this time even, but, uh, but yeah, this album is weird, man. It's like, you start off, you're like, what, what am I listening to? Is it? And then, and then it, sometimes it bleeds into something that sounds like Stone Temple Pilots and then mm -hmm. it'll kind of retract. Like, there'll be, like, a chorus and, like, yeah, here it is. And then it'll, like, go off on some waltz or some weird shit. You're like, yeah. what, where, what's happening with this album? But yeah. you but you can't not like it because it's him. And you love him as an artist, as his voice, who, you know, he is rock and roll. But And you like it that he's doing some weird, goofy shit. And so I appreciated all that. But at the same time, I felt like, you know, that it doesn't compare – in my opinion, to the girth of those songs from Stone Temple Pilots. I just feel like they knew what to do with them. Even Slash knew what to do with them. I like there's yeah. certain people that 
really knew how to kind of like put him at his best and let him peak and do that role that he is. And I feel like this is, this is kind of like a, a Pinkerton, if you will, experimental, yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, let's just, you know, a feeling thing. And the album I picked is very similar where it's artists just want to, you know, just kind of like put it out there. And uh, I think he definitely put it out there. Is this an album that I feel is uh, best represents how good a singer he is? Probably not, but it is an interesting pick. And so that that's just how I feel about it. What were you going to say, Anthony? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, so, yeah, I agree. If it, I, I wouldn't say somebody should listen to this first. This is good if you're already yeah. a fan of, of Scott Weiland and what he what he did in Stone Temple Pilots. But I appreciate that he went so experimental with this solo album. And around this time, the rest of Stone Temple Pilots, they did an album uh, as a talk show is the band name mm. where they have a new singer. They had the, I forget what his name is, but he was the singer from a band called 10 Inch Men. And he was the, he became the singer of talk show. And it's essentially... It, even some of the songs were written during the uh, when when they were writing for Tiny Music. So like it's sort of they were deciding what song was going to be on what project because mm-hmm. they knew they were going to do something else. And to me, like the the talk show album is fine, but it sounds too much like Stone Temple Pilots. But it's missing Scott mm-hmm. Weiland's voice. They got somebody gotcha. who's like almost like Scott. Weiland. It's like what they're doing now with the the yeah. new sing like they they're still and kind of what they did with army of anyone with the guy from filter uh it's like they are still doing stone temple pilots but without scott wyland's voice it's just something some magic that's missing so with scott wyland without the band i'm glad that he was so different that you almost don't compare it as much you know, so that yeah. that's that's what I appreciate about it. No, yeah, I definitely see that. I just, you know, I just feel like, you know, we're just those songs are just so great, you know, wow. and the the band was so tight. So it's, it's like, magic. you know, you just, yeah, it is, it is. It's a band of people. I get mad when people like they bring up Nirvana and Pearl Jam and they don't, and STP. Sometimes they even come up in the conversation. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think they were such a great band. Um, but his voice is magical, as as you said. Uh, Adam, how do you feel about this album? Um, so uh, first, I completely forgot about talk show, and um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> not bad, right? I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this album, I mean, this takes me back to college. I remember listening to this back then. So I think it was '98 when it came out, and um, okay. um, and I, I always, you know, I, I was a big Stone Temple Five Pilots fan. I always thought Tiny, uh, uh, Tiny Gifts was a, uh, um or was a tiny music from the uh, Vatican gift yeah. shop was one of their best. And, uh, and I think that, yeah, this, this album has those little fragments of stone table pilots. There's some songs like, um, uh, about nothing. Where's the man? Where's the man could have been interstate love song. I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. the song that I think is closest to STP. And that could have been something that could have been, I mean, I think that could have been big. I mean, it's really, I guess not, uh, you know, surprising, not too surprising that this didn't have any kind of commercial success. I mean, it had critical acclaim, but I think it was just a little bit too weird and um, and a little bit too experimental. But um, especially something like Jimmy was a stimulator, which, um, you know, I could have seen that, too, as, uh, you know, possibly an STP song off a of tiny mm-hmm. uh, off of a uh, tiny music or or um, uh, divider. But um but yeah, I mean, this was this was this is probably the first time I listened to this since college, and, um, you know, I, I I appreciated the experimental angle of it, and and yeah, you could tell that Scott Weiland's maybe, you know, purposely kind of veering away from STP to to create this kind of more honest or more like innovative kind of sound. But it's not, you know, it's it's fascinating. It's it's kind of like a, you know, it's not it's not quite there, but. But it's uh, but I thought, you know, I still still enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, you're going to enjoy just, you know, that it's him and it's, it throws you back too, you know, because yeah. it's like realize, you know, how important he was in music. And so it's like, yeah, it's like sometimes comics in, you know, like we don't want to tell we don't want to just tell jokes. We want to get up there and tell a story. 
and we just want to kind of be more personal and like, but, but we have to, you know, you have to get the laughs all the time. So this is like his version of not, not going for the laughs. Like he's just like, he just do whatever the hell he wants. And so, but at the same time, you know, it's like, there's not a, there's obviously not a no person, you know, I feel like, you know, you need somebody like, like say what you want about Geffen and all that stuff. It's like, you know, those, he knew how to be like, all right, man, this is, let's cut this and put this here and whatever. So you definitely miss having a guy come in and do that when you have like a Rick Rubin and people making it tight and like, you know, so it's like mm-hmm. you have those masterminds, you know, making music better because they have that that insight and they know how to take the good and make it better or whatever. And then this is just one of those things where nobody's around, you know, yeah. or it's just like, all right, do whatever you want. You, you know, <laughs> so, somebody will buy it, you know, because you're you're who you are. So I think there's a little bit of that. But there is some gems that I think I could comb through if I listen to it more. But just a, a you know a quick listen is not what this album deserves. You kind of have oh, to yeah. kind of like you have to kind of get more into it. You got to feel it a little more, and then knowing that he's kind of on his way out, even in life, and you know it's it's probably going to bring a bring it you know a little more to light to why you know one would like this album is if you're a fan of his, then you know it's going to be you're going to be more drawn to it. But uh, but yeah, it was a cool pick, and I you know. Just I didn't even realize he was doing all this other stuff because I knew, you know, he was bouncing around to bands. And I knew that, you know, Velvet Revolver is one of my favorites. And I feel like I'm really disappointed that they didn't have more albums together because yeah. I think they, you know, they they sounded like STP, but then Slash made it Slash. So it kind of had its own thing going. And so, you know, I felt like it was the best far as the departure of staying in rock, but being similar. And so I really enjoyed Velvet Underground, which is a great, uh, album, it's very rare. So if you see that in a record store, please pick that up. That's worth a lot of money. Uh, so, yeah, all right. I guess I'll go. I mean, I'm you know, I'm in the <laughs> I'm in the show. I'm in the show too. You know, yeah. Not just you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when I was in college, you know, a uh, thousand years ago, uh, I went to school in New York City, and that's the the blessing of New York city is, uh, there's the, when I went, when I came to New York city, there was a thriving music scene that was happening. You know, CBGB's was there. Continental was there. Coney Island. I was there. All the record stores meant something were there. Ability, you know, all these things were happening. And so, you know, there was a lot of good sounds, even though, even some of the alternative radio stuff, even the mainstream radio stuff was playing, you know, kind of more alternative rock and things like that. And uh, there's a little band that came out uh, called Blur. Blur was this band that came out. And I remember I got this CD and it, uh, I think I just got it because they did a Maggie May <laughs> cover. And I was like, ah, oh, this is great. I love Maggie May. This is bad. But I remember they had some big hits on that album. And uh, it was definitely, you know, I just really kind of got into them. Not, not religiously, but I thought it was, you know, they were part of my collection. I thought they were a good band. Um, and, uh, you know, I really enjoyed them. And then after that, uh, you know, Damon Auburn is who we're going to talk about today is, uh, is the front man of blur and also gorillas, which I got into, I didn't get into, but I appreciate what that album is. Well, those albums are as well. Those are just, it's, I, I can't even tell what that is. I think it's like, I don't know if, uh, I did the right drugs to really appreciate those albums, but I definitely feel it's, uh, you know, it's kind of DJ music, if you will. And so it's like intense kind of, you know, in DJ stuff, but very instrumental and very, uh, you know, very innovative stuff. Um, so Damon Auburn uh, did this album, Everyday Robots is what we're going to talk about today, which is a, uh, it's a phrase uh, that's, that's actually, uh, you know, we're, we're headed far as, you know, the, the uh, artificial intelligence where it's like everyday robots is kind of a thing where it's like, you know, Anthony and I were in the car the other day and we saw like the, the Amazon thing just drive by like the little cart. So I feel like, you know, it's <laughs> robots are everywhere. Yeah. And so they're taking over everything. They're in our pocket. You know, we're always on them. We're always looking. This is kind of a robotic thing we're that we're doing app. here. Yeah. We're, we're, we're streaming into people's lives. It's very, it's very Star Trek, you know, we're, we're briefly headed. So I do love that. Um, and this is also another personal uh, record. Uh, you know, this is something that uh, Damon Auburn wanted to do, kind of a personal record. 
Uh, it's produced by uh, Richard Russell. Uh, you know, also, you know, there's some great um, singers on this. Uh, Natasha Khan is on this. Uh, you know, this is they have uh, they have the the Lean, Lean Town Stone City Mission Choir. And wow. it's one of my favorite songs on the album. You could it's when the choir comes in. Really good stuff. Everyday Robots uh, is it, it's it's just a really cool kind of weird album. Uh, it's you know it's funny because it starts out really slow, really slow. Like you you're like, um, what is happening right now? Like am I am I am I depressed? Do I want to live? You know, let's how slow these songs are. <laughs> but um, and this is the thing with this album. You know, I never listened to it before. I just wanted to cover it. So uh, this is my first time kind of getting into it. I know you saw them live at Adam. You yep. saw them live and everything. So that's you know it's great because you can pick up where I li- leave off. But I what I enjoyed about this album, it reminded me, and I kind of want to go back with the Scott Weiland album. Sometimes I forget to listen to the lyrics because the music uh, takes over, you know. And I think a lot of times these albums are so good because lyrically they're so good. And like we just, you know, when you hear a good song, you're like, ah, this is a great song. It's got a good beat, everything. You don't think about what's being said. And um, the first track on this album, Everyday Robots, uh, has some really great lyrics in it. Um, I'm going to quote a couple of them. Because we're everyday robots uh, on our phones, looking like standing stones out there on our on our own. We're everyday robots in control or in the process of being sold, driving in adjacent cars. If you press restart, um, you know they 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 didn't know where they was going, but they were there and wasn't it? Everyday robots, touch thumbs, swimming in lingo may become stricken in a status, one more vacancy for everyday robots getting old when our lips are cold, looking like standing stones, you know, uh, little robots in ring back tones. You know what I mean? Like, it's like such a, such a, you know, kind of statement on where we are. This is a 214 and we're way past that now. Um, where we're so addicted to technology, where you know you can't you can't do anything without you know you know them trying to like target an ad and and to and we're obsessed with all these things and we're just in this loop. It's hard to get out of it. I mean, the other day I tried to put my phone down and I probably like fifteen minutes is as long as I could go. And I was like, I gotta I gotta see it again. <laughs> so <laughs> I love it that he kind of like you know tapped into that with this opening song. And uh, this is a great album. My favorite, one of my favorite songs is uh, Mr. Timbo, which I think. <laughs> my God, technology. Yeah. Hey, robots. Well, it's perfect. Yeah. Technology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You want, right? to, uh, you want to pick up from Mr. Timbo? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite songs on the album, uh, Mr. Timbo, Timbo. Um, this is, you know, uh, that beautiful chorus, uh, choir comes in, uh, such cool. It's probably one of the more upbeat songs on the mm-hmm. album. Everything else is kind of more melodic and kind of introspective stuff. And it, it's all in there, but this, this kind of has some Pink Floyd kind of sounds to it. You know, they're experimenting with the stuff. And I, you know, this is definitely another thing where an artist is kind of just doing what the artist wants to do. Like they're not trying to make hits. I know this was a critical success in England and stuff. I don't know how popular it was here. Um, but you know, I feel like it was definitely one of those that everybody raved about. Um, but yeah, hollow ponds is a great song. Um, a cheating heart is such a great song on here. I love that song. I thought that was great. Very personal song. And then the last song I really enjoyed, um, you know, heavy sea of love. Um, you know, the second half of it was great. Another really cool chorus and stuff, but I just like the experimentation on this album. Um, you know, it's definitely, Definitely a departure from, you know, Blur and Gorillas. You know, it's definitely something that's, you know, in the vein of, you know, we're always going to keep bringing up Pinkerton, but, you know, it just yeah. feels like it's just another artist kind of going down another road. And it's like really interesting and actually has a brand new album. It just came out. Um, there's a volume one and two, uh, you know, so it's uh, I'm curious to get that one. But I wanted to kind of cover this one because I felt like this is the beginning of his solo stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah. So that's uh, kind of all over the place here. Just because uh, my technology is not the best, <laughs> but 
you know, robot, everyday robots. You got so an every other day robot. Yep. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam, how do you, I know you love this album. Oh yeah. You saw, you saw it live. So talk to me a little bit about it. Yeah. So, um, so when this album came out, it, it quickly became one of my favorites of, of that year, which I think it was 2014 when it came out. And, um, and I mean, like, just like you said, I mean, a lot of it is the subject. I always enjoy the subject matter of technology kind of taking over our everyday lives. I mean, yeah. you have it in Radiohead's OK Computer. And I, I've been listening. I've been going back to uh, Back the Information, which that's a big uh, part of that album. But um, but yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it's. Um, it's um, yeah, def definitely different than although although actually he did have um, with the gorillas he had an album right after Plastic Beach called The Fall, that was just him with an iPad, and he was just basically created this entire album as he was uh, touring America, and I think this has some similarities to it, and it, it's it's great to see him expand. I think this is a much better album than that one. Um, but yeah, I did get to see him. Uh, I saw him perform at Governor's Ball. And um, I think, and I can't remember exactly, they, they put him up, it was either up against Jack White at the time or the or Outkast. And, but I was like, look, I got to see Damon Albarn. It was one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, uh, so I went to see him. There, he didn't really draw that big a crowd, but uh, I thought he sounded great. Uh, got to get pretty close to the stage. And uh, he also... Um, he also played a bunch of gorilla songs and I think I, I forget who he was joined by. Maybe it was uh, De La Soul or, or somebody who was who happened to be at Governor's Ball at the same time. But um, but yeah, I mean, this this album, uh, Lonely Press Play, I think is a fantastic song. Uh, Mr. Tembo is about an elephant. Um, mm. and definitely, as you said before, probably the most upbeat song on here. Um, I always like the selfish giant and uh, you and me. And I mean, this is a. Um, I think it's a it's a fantastic album. I didn't realize that he had a new one out. I gotta I gotta check that out. But um, but also you know what? There was a bit of this in um when we were talking about Blur before. Um, what I think is a very underrated Blur album is uh, Think Tank from two thousand four, and okay. I think there's a little bit of Think Tank in this album too. Um, I thought you know especially a little bit more electronic. Um, that's another thing I got to see them. I got to see them during that tour at a field day fest and and you know that's that was another great concert experience very cool yeah it's definitely yeah this i'm definitely more interested in the new album now because of this and i think it's like yeah and so again i kind of want to go back with gorillas it's like you know is that what's i guess the first couple of albums or is there like a because yeah, i remember the um, first one was very popular yeah there's the self-titled and there's demon days and the one that i really like is um plastic beach which is the one that Classic had Stylo, um, that had uh, okay. Melancholy Hill, that had uh, there was, uh, so many great, Rhinestone Eyes, a lot of great songs on that one. Nice. Very cool. Anthony, what do you think about this album? I, I liked it. I, I'm a big Blur fan myself. I, I, I got into them around the time that Park Life came out. You know, the Girls and Boys was like a, a big, yeah. big MTV uh, single. Um, and you know this dude he's got like i i just i think he's got a great voice you know it's like interesting sounding it's not even necessarily that he's like technically like such an amazing singer but i i just i love the sound of his voice and uh i i knew he had the new solo album but i actually didn't know that he had been doing solo albums for this long so this one i didn't know existed um and uh it's cool because this it feels like it's not that similar or it's not that dissimilar from like what Scott Weiland was trying to do on his uh, so you know it's like it's maybe more focused and more organized yeah. version of like Scott Weiland was a more like haphazard kind of uh, frantic uh solo album and this is like seems like he had a plan and um but like kind of you know a little moody and and different from you know not just not worried about it being like a rock album or like whatever whatever gorillas you know like yeah not keeping it not not having to make a party album or, or whatever so i think it's uh i like it it's uh, I'm, I'm interested to check it out again and and maybe dive into the other solo albums because i i am a fan of his his work so i liked it 
Very cool. Yeah, it is interesting when, you know, you've already been successful and, you know, you're not, you know, you don't have like your, you know, you, your songs don't have to like pay the rent anymore. Like you're, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, it, it's like you can just play around, you know, you can just like, you know, feel uh, all the things you wanted to do, you can do now because, you know, your, your success and your hit, your, you know, you got Grammys and whatever you have, you know, all that stuff. So, the music's always, yeah, it's interesting when people do these departures and kind of do these solo stuff because it's like, there's no pressure of yeah. the record labels. There's no, you know, you, you did it, you made it. And so now you could, yeah, he could live off the money of Girls Boy. You know what I mean? Like they, they yeah. could live off that. You know, Gorillaz, yeah, like those, those were very, yeah, very successful. You know, yeah. what's that? Uh, Psychotic was that Gorillaz song? Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like one of them about Psychotic or something. But yeah, it's like, it's probably on know, the radio right now. Yeah. Right. It's playing, right? It's, he's getting paid for it right now. Somebody's listening. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, yes, yeah, so he could do this broody, introspective thing, and you know, so it's interesting. It's like it's fun when artists get to do that. They get to finally breathe and play, and so it is. You know, it's kind of a cool thing. You know, that we get to listen and hear that. You know, kind of their their home studio version of yeah. their of their music. Yeah. Home studio. <laughs> Oh yes, the home studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's so glamorous. Hey, at least you got one. It's pretty nice. I just have a corner of my bedroom. Right. You got you got your own room. Yeah, he's got he's got a break room with a with a trans <laughs> Wonder Woman poster. <laughs> Knock off Wonder Woman. <laughs> uh, sorry, my iPhone fell. Uh very cool. All right, Adam. Uh, what did you bring us? All right. So, uh, I'm sticking with the UK and, um, this is actually an artist that I, I wanted to bring to the show before. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard him before, heard of him or, or heard his music before, but, um, so he, uh, this is Frank Turner. He, um, he used to be a part of a British hardcore band called million dead. And, um, uh, so they had a couple albums when uh, they disbanded. He uh, started up on this solo, uh, this this kind of solo career, where he was influenced by Springsteen and uh, actually influenced by uh, Nebraska. <laughs> what? But uh, but it's kind of interesting because he, you know, uh, I was I was trying to decide which album of his to to kind of bring into the show. Uh, I was thinking of Love Iron Song, which is um, much more acoustic album. Uh, but I thought this was a better representation. This is England Keep My Bones from uh, 20, I think it's 2011. Um, and so. he's kind of like, in, in a way, like a Sturgill Simpson where he's able to channel a whole bunch of different genres um, it, or, you know, either on the same album or on, on different albums. So he'll go from Love Iron Song where it's, um, you know, primarily mostly acoustic album to... Um, his latest, uh, which is called, which just came out called Frank Turner Hardcore, which is more of a hardcore mm -hmm. punk album. Uh, and right before that, he had a um, completely folk acoustic album called No Man's Land. It was more of a concept album. Um, but uh, but here he's got a little bit of everything. And um, uh, and this is, I mean, he's a very prolific artist. I've seen him, I've seen him many times live. And I think it's one of um, one of the better live acts to see. To I mean, everybody's. You know he's got so much energy everybody's into it everybody's singing there's moshing too for some of these songs um <laughs> but uh but yeah like i thought like this so this album you know it spans a bunch of different genres starting with uh eulogy which you know references um uh, freddie mercury a you know and and the same thing with the artists you know uh you know not everybody can be freddie mercury um and actually, Freddie Mercury is another. He, he's covered Queen uh, a few times in his shows too. Um, there's there's the uh, more optimistic, upbeat. Uh, Peggy sang the blues, kind of inspirational song. And then one of my favorites, and one of my favorites to see live too, is "I Still Believe," which is, um, you know, just about the power of rock and roll. How rock and roll can save us all. Um, it's a great live song to see. Um, and then you know, and then he goes like he'll go from something this big rock song like i still believe to something smaller like rivers with more uh folky and that's that's the thing about his music is that he just he's you know there's a lot of english folk in it um but there's also americana that's kind of mixed in there 
uh, you have it again with uh, English Curse, which is just an acapella uh, British yeah. folk song. Um, and then you go right from this acapella song into one foot before the other, which is just flat out punk, a punk hardcore song. Um, and, and that's the thing. That's the whole the whole album just kind of, um, you know, you'll you'll just it'll turn on the dime pretty much. And, um, you know, you have you have slower songs of redemption. Night, Night becomes days. One of my favorites on here is. Um, uh, I am disappeared where references Dylan and, and it's just such a great, uh, great song. And then he ends the album with glory. Hallelujah, which is this big kind of gospel atheist song, which, uh, which is pretty fascinating. It's a fun song to hear in concert, but, um, yeah. but yeah, but like, even like in his shows, like I said before, there's moshing where like you could go from, uh, this slow acoustic ballad and the next song, the next song he's playing, which is such fury. And it's such a fun show, uh, a uh, uh, fun artist, to see live um and he usually i mean i've seen him like he even on the same tour he'll jump back and forth between playing a solo show or having a backing band with him uh, his backing band's called the sleeping souls and a lot of times when he has the backing band he'll take these slower songs and just speed them up um but it's a you know this is a fun album i think it's um you know and definitely worth checking out live yeah i never heard of this guy and uh, i haven't heard of his band and i very uh very much enjoyed this album um i do i, I did think that was amazing because the acapella song was phenomenal oh, yeah. and then it would just kind of branch into another song it's so good man i feel like this guy is super super talented and i get mad at myself when i hear something that's so good and i don't i don't know who they are and i'm like god how did i miss this right. but you know <laughs> It's like, I guess it happens, you know, you just, you miss good people. You know, there's a lot of great artists that don't get like, you know, this, the play they deserve because there's so many, so limited places where there's platforms for people like this. But, you know, that was great. I thought it was just like, you know, this is more my speed, you know, like, we, you know, not to shit on your boy Springsteen, but this is kind of, this is kind of where my sound buds get delighted when it's a guy that's doing different things. He's bringing punk. It's not the same. Because Springsteen, it's, you know, it's it's very similar to what the next, you know, it's a hometown song. It's similar sound. But this guy's going all over the place. And I love that in an artist that can take you take you somewhere acoustic and then take you somewhere punk and then go acapella and then go gospel at the end with an atheist yeah. theme. I love that song. That was great. And it's just like, because he was pretty much, hey, it's cool. You know, we can relax now because there's yeah. no God. You know, like, like I love all that lyrical stuff, too. It was really a lot of fun. But yeah, this guy's fantastic. So please get me more of this guy. I want to hear that. I want the band. I want the solo stuff. I think it's so good, man. I was yeah. very, uh, very excited for it. Yeah, I'd recommend and, uh, um, definitely checking out Love Iron Song, which yeah. um, was uh, two albums before this one. And then uh, the one right after this is really great, uh, Tape Deck Heart. So there's uh, a, yeah, and then, and, and he's always. I mean, during the pandemic, he was doing live streams almost daily where he was just doing full albums, just him acoustic. Uh, wow. And a lot of them were to benefit uh, smaller uh, indie venues all around England and uh, wow, the US. So it, it was great. He's got a great relationship with his fans. I mean, he's one of those guys where you can actually you can send them an email and he'll respond. Um, oh, that's great. Wow. I love and, that. Um, uh, I mean, I got a, I got a, I got a photo with him. I saw, I got to see him at, um, and I, I've seen him a bunch of times, but I got to see him at uh, St. Vitus in um, uh, Brooklyn. So it's interesting because there's this, it's, um, I don't know if you guys ever went there, but it's more of like a metal bar. And here he is playing just acoustic, but to an entire packed room. Um, but, uh, but um, like, right, you know, like right afterwards, I, I stuck around at the bar area for a while and, Saw him coming up and it came over. I usually never ask for a photo. And I was just like, Frank, uh, be cool if I get a photo with you. And he looks at my shirt. I had a whole steady shirt on. He goes, you got a whole steady shirt on. Of course I will. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I wish I had the photo with me on. It's a, it's a great one. But, um, but yeah, he's, a, he's a, a very charismatic artist. He, you know, he's got so much energy on stage too. And, and um, you know, he, he you know, puts everything into like every single, every single show that he plays. It's great. It's great. He emails people back. I mean, I'm a fan yeah. of Anthony's, but sometimes he doesn't text me back. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta be a fan of this guy. Just sending an email. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was going, Anthony, how'd you feel about Mr. Frank Turner? I just fun. That was good. 
Yeah, I I liked it. I was not aware of him or or the band that he was in. Um, I checked out a little of the band, but not much. I wanted to skim through to see what what the sound was. But uh, this is really cool. This this album had kind of um, you know kind of had some kind of anti folk uh, punk folk. Mm-hmm sort of vibes which i like uh reminded me uh at some points of uh like uh ajj a little bit to me you know you know that that group is it a group is it one guy ajj yeah they used to be called uh uh andrew jackson oh andrew jackson jihad yeah was that the uh but uh it reminded me of that kind of style a little bit that like you know it's like acoustic punk you know and uh, i liked it it was pretty cool i i would i would check this out again i didn't know it was influenced by springsteen so uh, oh stop that, it well i think I <laughs> <laughs> that, that ruins it a little bit oh me, shut but, up yeah but I, I like it i i thought it was pretty cool and i i had never even heard of him before which is surprising but uh so one of his first albums is called uh, Campfire. I think it's called Campfire Punk Rock, which I think is pretty apt and I, I, a good description for for yeah. kind of his oh, sound. Yeah. That's great. That's fantastic. Campfire Punk Rock. That's great. Very cool. All right. Great. Great pick. Thank you for uh, introducing. Whoa, there we go. Yeah. Introducing <laughs> uh, new artists to us. My phone falls because I wasn't ready. Uh, very cool. So we're going to close it out with uh, another five albums from the top 100 list. Oh, uh, yeah. Constant yeah. And so sound top 100. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to start with um, with a album that actually just I think it was last week. They just announced a, uh, a sequel album to it. And that's uh, number 84, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Album. Great. Great album. And I feel that that's an album that's grown more in appreciation over the years, too. I mean, that was an album that I feel like everybody had, and you saw that album every in every single used CD bin. And uh, and now I think it's 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 kind of catching on more to maybe a newer generation. Yeah, well, it's, they're touring again, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. It's not an album that I thought needed a sequel. Since it's right. so long, I thought it, I thought they could just leave it, leave it at that, yeah. leave it at yeah. the two discs. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it, isn't every follow-up album, I guess, a sequel? I don't know. I mean, every Led Zeppelin album feels like a sequel. Like I don't know. I feel like yeah. I mean, I guess it's still the same. I don't even understand that. Are they doing the same subject matter? Is that what they're doing? They're like picking same songs and prolonging? I don't understand. Like. I don't know. Can you really do a sequel on an album? I think it's just right. a, your next. It's just it's just another album. I mean, but yeah, yeah I guess you can. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the only it, thing, it's... like Metallica, kept doing sequels to the Unforgiven, the for, to that Did one they? song. They had uh, Unforgiven uh, on the Black Album. They had Unforgiven Two on Reload, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they did Unforgiven Three, I think. They just keep doing that one song over and over again. I don't, I don't know why. I think it's just a marketing trick, you know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a sequel. You know, just to give it, if you like this album, you'll like this one. Just say, hey, man, just call it Same Sound. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, just, they just did a double album, too, right before this that, that everybody they? hated. I feel like uh, Smashing oh. Pumpkins, yeah. 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 I mean, their new stuff is, I think it's hit or miss. Yeah. I don't know. They're cool. Like the, I love that rat in the cage line, you know? They're good. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just a rat in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got uh, right. number 83, The Pretenders. Pretenders. Okay. Mm, good band. Yeah, I like The Pretenders. I don't know Great. any full albums, but I, I, I like what I've heard. Yeah, I didn't realize how much. Who's the lead singer again? What's her name? Uh, Chrissy Hine. Chrissy Hine. I didn't realize how involved she was with the Sex Pistols. You know, watching a little bit of that show, I realized yeah. that she was around that time, and what I had no idea that that was pretty. Yeah, cool. I didn't either. I didn't know she was even there for any of it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, for number eighty-two, this was actually one of the albums I was going to pick for this week. Uh, Peter Gabriel. So, uh, uh, oh, okay. Does that have Sledgehammer? Okay. 
Yep. That's a good idea. Yeah, there was Sledgehammer, Sledgehammer, Big Time, Red Rain, um, In Your Eyes. It's wow. a I mean, fantastic album. Sledgehammer, that's one of the greatest videos of all time. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. I still love watching yeah. that video now. Yeah. It's I'd like to see it. Yeah. Amazing video. Just, <laughs> just thinking about it. I'd love to see it again. So cool. Yeah. Like a big deal. <clears throat> number uh, number 81, Adele, 21. Okay. That's Anthony's favorite. <laughs> I got what? Oh, because it's twenty-one. No, because it's so Adele. No, I the only thing I have against Adele is that she she like jumped the line to get her records manufactured. Oh yeah, for a lot of indie artists. So because artists like her wanted their records first, a lot of indie artists had to wait like over a year to get their pressings done, and. I don't think she needed to do that because she's huge. You know, she's yeah, she should have just opened her own record company, her own yeah. manufacturing company, and yeah, just like yeah. pumped them out. Yeah. That's but other than that, done. I got you know, I got nothing really against her other than that. All right. uh, that first big hit, I like. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I always thought she was kind of bland. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, that first song was good, and then it's like, all right, get over your ex, you know. Right. <laughs> she did like three albums on that. God, jeez. <laughs> All right, so we got number 80, uh, Erica Badu, Baduism. Okay. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. I don't know Anthony? the album. I mean, I know who oh. she is, uh, but I, she's an artist that I respect, but I, I really don't listen to much of her stuff. <laughs> That's it. That's all I have on her. <laughs> all right. Do we got one more or what? Yeah, we'll do uh we'll do one more. We got uh number okay. seventy nine, uh the police synchronicity. Okay. And that wait, synchronicity. Well, is that the first that's not the first one, is it? No, dance, that was uh the first that was one, the, the uh, double album. Don't stand so close to me. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the, as as the police go on, I like them less and less. I hate the police. I can't listen to any. Every time a police song comes on, I would rather get pulled over by the police. I can't take it. <laughs> I, just, I just, I don't want to. I, I encourage it because then I can turn the radio down. But uh, yeah, I can't, I can't do it. I don't know. I just can't do Sting. I can't do, I don't know. They were pretty good. I mean, they had like, as far as that music of the 80s, they were definitely, yeah. you know, it, it was cool stuff. I mean, they were making cool music, but I just can't get into it. I don't know. I like that stalker song a little bit, but that's about it. Every yeah. breath you take. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching you. Okay, easy, Tiger. Jeez. All right, <laughs> All right everybody. Uh, thank you for uh, listening and watching our crazy show, Dustin's Vinyl with my buddies. Oh, my earphones went out. See, this is the kind of show we have. Improvise technology. Uh, so thank you so much. Listen to uh, us on all your podcast platforms and YouTube. Follow us. Thank you. Support Record Stores. Bye-bye. <laughs>